0: No part of this lecture may be reproduced in any form, even for personal use. Although, although we are not Shoyme Hadass, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't listen to these words, because we should get all the motivations that we could hear about in order to get us interested in the subject. So we'll listen to the motivations that are offered to the Shoyme and that are offered to those that are less than them, and offered to the lowest, all of these motivations will utilize in our hope that we should too be motivated towards this goal. Now, two lines up from the bottom. Kine, after she is as once, this becomes clear to them that the slaveness is the only interest in life and nothing else these boyalim kimur came and it will also become clear to them that the way to arrive at aslamists by doing the right kind of deeds, good deeds are and by acquiring good qualities of character once they have these two fundamental pieces of information. First of all, there is nothing in the world except slamers that you have to pursue. And second, that shlemish you can get by doing the right kind of deeds and acquiring the right kind of trace of character. It's certain that they will never consent to limit these means. These means that bring them to perfection, to slavers to try to do as many of them as possible, as many good deeds as possible, and require acquire as much as possible the best trace of character. Or the whole them, And he wouldn't want to be easy going in there. He wants to be very thorough and get as much as they can of good deeds and as much good character as possible from get. So once people make sure that they have established in their mind these principles, that there's nothing but slavers in our lives. That's our purpose. And also, they understand that you must do certain things and acquire certain traits in order to become a sholeim. Then they'll try their best to get as much of them as possible, and they won't be satisfied by doing them on a small scale. Satisfied. So so, we're in the second line from the top. He glorinates more Islam because it already has sufficiently become clear to them. If they study these two principles, that nothing but slamness is worth pursuing in our lives, and that slamness can be acquired only by means of doing the right deeds and acquiring the right trace of character. So once it it comes clear to them, if some of these means are missing, don't have enough of them. Oh, in the you they do them? But they do them in a weaker, like a physical manner, not with enough energy, and not with all of the energy that's necessary to do them successfully. He will not acquire the true perfection. Ever you go, it'll be missing from them as in proportion to what they were lacking in their efforts to acquire it. They'll miss the shleimahs in accordance with the amount of neglect that they failed to exert themselves more in order to acquire it. And they come out that they would be lacking in shleimahs. Their lives would not achieve full shleimahs which for these people would be the greatest distress. Not merely that they didn't sin, that's not enough of them. But they didn't acquire the shlamas in the best possible manner, that's to them the greatest misfortune. I say that that's where we're going to stop. come vote four shillers before the next paragraph. Although Show to your neighbours if you have the place. Talking about the people who have perfect minds, who understand that the only thing in the world that's worth striving for is shlamish, to make something out of yourself. And therefore, when they understand that there's nothing else in the world to worry about except that one thing. And that one thing you should worry about it a great deal, although to me dog it cannot remain quiet because of the worry that maybe they're missing out in some of the opportunities to perfect themselves more. Maybe they'll be missing from them that perfection which they desire. To so us it may seem that that's a small worry. But the people who understand the value of making themselves better, so any opportunity that they miss is to them a great loss. He said, Fortunate is a man who is always afraid. And what that man is always afraid, will perish the heaven of heaven always afraid in things of Torah that maybe he missed out not only in the sense maybe he did a chet but they're worried maybe they missed out in an opportunity to gain some more knowledge that would have made them more perfect personalities now let's understand that later he will tell us there's nothing in the world as dangerous as a loss of an opportunity to do a mitzvah. Even an avea is not as dangerous as a loss to doing a mitzvah. And it's explained as follows. An avea, if a person probably did it, even if he has to go to heaven, but he'll come out again and after a while, when he's purified of his avea, then he can go on to an and enjoy the rewards for his mistress. But if he missed an opportunity to do a mitzvah, then he can never make it up. If he goes to Gan Eden, he'll be missing that Mitzvah forever and ever and ever. And therefore, he said, there's no Sarkona like the Sarkona of missing a missing. Are we go on. Say that piece up to here. Okay. <laughs> this applies also to opportunities to learn. to a person... Could have learned another mistake, and he didn't. So he's always going to regret that great loss of opportunity. The person could have gained some more information in Torah, He'll always be sorry. Loel and is not something that will pass by. I'll explain soon Loel and they'll look back and regret. When I had the opportunity, why didn't I utilize my life in order to do this thing I missed? And now it's too late. Now, those who are Nika The highest of this Madreye of those who are afraid that they might miss out is called Yeras Khet. they're afraid of a Before I go on, the word khat actually means Chesor. Chet means lacking. When HaKadish Baruch Hu warned Kayen that he won't be careful, the Yetzirah will gain control over him. He said, La Pesa chates. At the doorway of your house, the chates is crouching in ambush on you. And chates is a special name for the Yetzirah. Chates means missing out. There's a certain Yetzirah that causes people to do wrong things. But the Yetzirah that causes him to miss the opportunities to do the right things, that's the real Yetzirah. That's what I call the Shibbolah who warned more than anything else, the Chathis. That's what you have to be afraid of most. And that's called Yerashet. Shehu minham Yishuboche sheh That's the most praiseworthy of all degrees of greatness. Yerashet. And he explains the who? tell <speaking> me <in Hebrew> person should always be afraid and worry can maybe there may be left in his possession some even a stain of the head I mean the head he wouldn't have people like that don't have Chaltor, but a stain or even an odor of the head that itself bothers him because it takes away from his perfection it will hold him back on the perfection which is his duty to exert himself in order to acquire and therefore any kind of stain no matter how small is something that he is afraid and he watches all the time to avoid such imperfections that are an obstacle to acquiring Say that inside. Yes, now, the Gemara says in Barabasa that all the righteous who come to Gan Eden, some have to go through Gehenim on the way to Gan Eden to be purified, but all those who finally arrive in Gan Eden, each one will have a canopy over him, a canopy of glory. We call it a canopy of diamonds, pearls, and emeralds. But actually, it's more than that. Now, each tzaddik, as he sits in his canopy, and he enjoys forever and ever with great happiness all the good things that he did in his life, They are the diamonds in his canopy. But he also is always looking at the chuppé of other people. Because it's human nature to see if he is better or worse than others, Alzir Omur, the Chaim of said, Aldal Hamoshul, Me'alam Eishikol Echol Nichre Nichu Poshish Each one is scorched by the group of his halva. He said, Ke The one said, A fire goes out. Mecheshben. When people live with cheshben, people live with thoughts, and they plan their lives properly, and that's fire consumes those who did not live with Kashmir. And they say, why didn't I do what that man did? I was just the same. I was alive. I lived in this world. I could have done those things. And they will eat him up. The fire consumes him. So although it's a happiness to be in the heaven, but in a certain sense, the happiness will have a certain detraction when he looks at others who made better success than he did. It's not only a form of jealousy, that happens only to people who are lacking sense. Jealousy is a lack of sense. I'll write later. Why are they so pained by what they see? He said he is lacking that perfection. In a certain degree, he could have attained. He could have attained and acquired that degree of perfection, but she figured have how like the other man did. And that is going to hurt. Why didn't I do what the other man did? And that's the fire that will go out in their husbands, from those who live with their husband, and they'll eat those who didn't live with their husbands. Now, it doesn't mean they'll destroy them, but it's going to be always a sorrow forever and ever. Why didn't I do better? It's up to here. question. Um, it's important to understand that a woman, in Gan she looked at Rabbi Kiva with a goddle about Torah, naturally she's not going to be sorry that she didn't learn Gemar and say Hidusha Torah, each person according to abilities, a woman, she could have excelled in building up her house, a wise woman builds her house, the Ivelas, and the foolish woman tears down the house with her own hands so according to her Madrege she could have had good fluent children she could have had a house with a year and, and kindliness and good meters, and therefore certainly she'll also be jealous she won't be jealous of the Hedusha that of Rav but she'll be jealous of the perfection because after is it's a perfection that a person acquires so she could have come greater than Kiva Aga no question. There are certain women who are greater than because they were so perfect in their lives that they did everything that it was in their ability to do, and therefore his brother who considers them more important. So each person, according to his condition in life, is judged how much he could have accomplished. Well, two shooters before the last paragraph. Vihimei alpi You have a pleasure to your neighbors, please. alpi By means of considering this matter, that there's nothing in life as valuable as acquiring shlemus. the understands that principle, It's certain that the person who has a good mind will not allow anything to hold them back from acquiring awareness of everything that he does. Now he explained up to now the way we talk to people with perfect minds. That means people of perfect character, who understand the necessity of doing things in the right way, and when they hear that there's nothing in the world as valuable in the eyes of Hashem that we should achieve, as shlemest perfection of ourselves, so they are going to do all that they can, these people now, because they know in the world to come, they are going to be sorry or regret forever and ever, why they did not utilize their lives to acquire that most precious of all accomplishments, which is slainless perfection. Say that aside. Now, the next. Ah! For people that are less than they are, that means us, or even better than we are, we have to talk in a different way. The Inspiration will come according to their understanding. Now, their understanding is not capable of having the ideal of doing things just because it's going to give them a happiness to know that they achieve the main purpose of life. Now, I'll tell you something more than that. They need some more motivation than that. The who? The three Indian Ha covered... That's in the matter of honor, glory, which everyone desires. Now, we must understand that a person wants covet more than anything else in this world, and even though he'll disclaim it, to say, no, I don't care for covet, I'm not afraid a COVID, actually he wants covet as much as he can get. Only, each one tries to get it in his way. One tries to get it in a way of running after it, and one tries to get it in a way of saying, I'm not running after it, I don't care for it. That's also a means of getting covered. However, Hakodesh Baro, who put into the hearts of human beings this instinct to desire covet, in order that they should do the best they can to make something out of themselves for the sake of covid Now, the previous class would do it just because it's the most precious thing in the world to have slings. For this group, including us, we are inspired more by the motivation of covet. It will give us the greatest covet. Covet in the world to come forever and ever and ever. Schleimus is a real covet. Now he explains that. He says, Kizep Poshit, Kolbal Das. The next word is wrong. Instead of Das is three dollars, I am talk. That's how it is in the Gutschval. This is Poshit. Everybody who has a mind understands things. The degrees of honor that is given to the persons in the world to come is only in accordance with the deeds that they did. The one who did more good deeds will have more color. That's a double portion. Let's say a person was a bigger Baal Chesed. A bigger Baal Tzlote, a bigger Baal Tere, more learned more, a bigger Redef Achadam The one that did more good deeds in the next world will surely get more honor. There's no question about that. Over there, the only one who'll be elevated is the one who has more deeds than this fellow man. It won't help you that you're older. Everybody is old in the next world. It won't help you that you have more money. Your family won't help you. Nothing will help you except who is the man who did more? Everything depends on the number of good deeds that you did. And the one who has less deeds, he'll be lower. Let's say the one who comes always to feel of receiver will surely be higher than the ones who don't come always to feel of receiver. The ones who come to shiurim and learn will always be higher than the ones who don't. The ones who learn to Tzvila no question will be higher than those who didn't. The ones, that us say, that learn Gemara will be higher than those who never learned Gemara. The ones who made it their business to be polite to everybody and not to talk Losh and and not to get angry and to be kindly and patient is certainly going to get more coveted in the world to come than those who are not so perfect. And therefore, those who are less in my sin will be shuffled. They'll be lower. And that's going to hurt them terribly. Because he says, in this world, don't you see, if you're lower than somebody else, it hurts you no end. You're so disturbed. Well, this world is nothing. Everything comes to an end here. But in the next world, it's forever and ever. You can imagine how great and permanent will be the disturbance and the style when you see that you're close to the bottom of the ladder. And so many people are high above you, especially people that you thought in this world were lower than you. You'll discover that they're far above you. And that's something you cannot change anymore. It's too late to do anything about it. And forever and ever, you'll be so sorry that they get more COVID than you get. And COVID is a thing that some people will give their lives for COVID. Some people commit suicides for COVID. Because that's the most pressing of all emotions, the desire for glory. First, you have to hear. We're on the second line on Lamb is Zion. In Cain, if that's the case, how could a person close his eyes from thinking, from thinking about his deeds, thinking about himself, or to limit his exertion in that direction, in the direction of seeing where he's headed to and how his behavior is succeeding? And what these is accomplishing and not accomplishing. In But later, it will surely be distressing to him at a time when he won't be able to change that which he already spoiled. This world is the only place where you can make that change. Later, it's too late. It's after here. There's some foolish people that seek to lighten the obligations upon themselves. They want to take it easy. And they'll say as follows. Why should we bother ourselves with so much piety or sometimes self-denial? Lo yeb, and it's enough for us. We should not be among the Yerushayim that is judged in Gehinnom. We won't push ourselves up to the front seats in Gan Eden. A back seat will also be happy as long as we are in Gan Eden. If we won't have a big portion in Gan Eden, we'll have a small portion in Gan Eden the dialogue we are satisfied with a small portion not being and we won't make ourselves trouble in this world because of that so he said is that true so suppose you would go to a wedding let's say but you know how many machlekes take place at weddings because they see a a little one table further back towards the door it becomes the eternal enemy or in the shul When somebody else gets an aliyah that you would like to get, you get a shish. He gets a shish and you get a hamish. You know what happened because of that? And therefore, in this world, we see that covet really is the real money to people. So how can they say when it comes to the true world that it doesn't mean anything, we'll take a back seat forever and ever, we'll be satisfied, only deceiving results, set that aside. Lamed Zion, ten shooters, ten shooters down from the top. Lamed Zion, ten shooters down from the top. Before He addressed himself to the second class of people, not the highest idealists, who would be inspired by the desire to make the best out of themselves, but now he's speaking to people to whom this alone wouldn't appeal, but he spoke to them from the standpoint of covert, of glory, which everybody desires with all his hearts. The most intense craving of a person is for appreciation, recognition, whatever you call it, kavod. And the main kavod, of course, is in the world to come where I call this who will smile approvingly on those people who accomplish something with our lives. That's the smile of approval is the biggest kavod there could be. And he said, those people who will be negligent in their efforts to make something out of themselves or sure to regret. When they come there and they see what others achieved, it will hurt them. And this will never stop, because they cannot return to utilize once more the opportunities that they lost. And therefore, this thought, if it's considered properly, will be a motivation for even these people, to get busy and make something out of their lives and try to do the best they can at the time that is available in this world. Now, we're ten lines down from the top, Allah science. But he anticipates that these people will say, Why would we bother? As long as we will have a place in Ulam Habur, we're satisfied. Who says we have to sit up front? If we get a back seat in the Elamabo, we'll be very happy. So, why should we have to straighten ourselves now in order to excel? As long as we won't do anything very bad and we'll be worthy to enter the next world, so we'll be satisfied. Now, he's going to answer that. Om nom, ten lines down Om nom, Sheilachas, Nishol. But what, what question I want to ask these people? who makes such a claim that they'll be satisfied aside as the back seat. this <laughs> are they able so easily to tolerate in this world, which after all is only a temporary world, but they tolerate leaders to see one of their friends that's honored and elevated above them? and he rules over them. Suppose you once had somebody working for you. And later, you make such progress in life that he becomes your employer. Does that make you happy? Can you picture how you'll feel depressed that now you're his employee? Or how do you feel when you're invited to a wedding and they give you a back seat? do people quarrel sometimes at weddings because the seat is too far away from the front? And when people quarrel, when they see other people get more recognition in the base, like in a synagogue, than they do, most of the troubles in our society is because of competition for glory. So how can they claim that they don't care for glory, especially in a place where it's forever and ever? That's where glory really counts. Kol Shekain, Eklat Mahabdehan, exposed one of their servants becomes a master. Now let's say, you will be in a domestic, you'll be a butler, or a janitor in the house, or somebody who once was your employee. How would you feel? Or some poor man, who was despised by you. And now, he becomes your master, and your employer. You have to give him respect, and once you wouldn't even look at him. For lo, it started, wouldn't they be greatly distressed? Would their blood boil within them? Oh, the certainly. And therefore, all the toil of a person is to elevate himself over anybody that is able. That's why people want better homes. People want to excel over others in the way they uh, are able to spend their money, people want to be superior to other people. And they cannot deny it if they do they're not, not being honest. It's a fundamental urge in everyone to try to be ahead of others. He'd like to put his place among the people who are more elevated. That's the jealousy of one person towards another he would see his fellow man is being elevated where he is while he is being left in a low position whatever he'll suffer is only cause he's forced to suffer he wouldn't take it willingly to see himself demoted and somebody else promoted to a high position over him but he won't able to prevent it. And the world to come is too late. <coughs> and his heart in this world becomes full of sadness and depression within him if such a thing will happen. Lamed Zion 8 shuris up from <in> the bottom. Lamed Zion 8 shuris up from the bottom. Speaking to the second category of people, to inspire them with the necessity of embarking on this career of the healers, of being aware of what you're doing and which direction you're going, He said if you see in this world how people are eager to outdo each other in acquiring prestige, glory, fame, and it hurts them when someone whom they considered as inferior, who finally succeeds and goes beyond them, comes more powerful than they are? And how can a person think That in the world to come, where the fame and success are not imaginary, there is true, that he'll be satisfied to take a back seat and be happy even though somebody whom he knew in this world and considered not important will be seated far ahead of him and will be given more recognition. If it's so difficult for them to be lower than others, the malus, like cases in the imaginary and false advantages of this world, let's say, more wealth, more fame, this world doesn't mean anything. And still, we see people are consumed with envy in this world. It's extremely difficult to ignore it the fact that somebody else is succeeded more and he becomes overwhelmed with jealousy and many people become ill from jealousy and for the sake of excelling people sometimes even endanger their health, sometimes even give their lives to become famous, although the fame of this world really means nothing it's only imaginary. Shana a bomb Lowliness in this world is only something that's superficial, and being elevated in this world is nothing but emptiness and falsehood. Even a man's elected president, what does it mean? Just a title that's given to him by various forms of uh, propaganda. Doesn't mean that he's so important. And therefore, in this world, the Nobel Prize, people go crazy in order to get a Nobel Prize. All well, there's nothing. You see, the Nobel Prize is given to Arafat, too. It's given to every kind of wicked person. These people who, pre- who present the prizes have no sense of values, of decency. And they give it only to good people. They choose anybody who becomes famous in their eyes. So this world of falsehood, still, people are so tremendously eager to for glory, and they're devoured by jealousy, even for empty things, how would they be able to tolerate, how could they bear, And they'll see themselves eventually lower than the people whom they considered, lower than they are. He is a wealthy man, a famous man, and in the next world, he will be much lower than people whom we never heard about. This unknown person is going to excel and be honored far beyond me and forever and ever in a place where honor really is genuine. It's a true honor in the world to come. is a place where excellence is true, and honor and glory is forever there al pi is older now. People don't recognize it. People walk around in this world and they're oblivious of their final de- destiny. The and the value of the world to come, even those who say with their mouths that they believe in the world to come, actually, they have no estimate of the immense importance of what a man's status in the next world means lo That's why they don't worry about it. But when the time will come, they recognize it according to its truthfulness as it actually is, with a great distress and a great shame, because then it will be too late to do anything about it. Now all these words, although most Orthodox people subscribe to them, Actually, meaningless, because people don't think about the next world. Nobody ever thinks he's going to die. Is that something that's out of the question? Other people, yes, but not he. And therefore, all that's silly, and it's against common sense, but that's the attitude of mankind, that they're here forever, and the next world is only a form of belief. It's something in the Siddha, maybe in this form, but in this world, only the things that he sees with his eyes mean anything to him. And therefore, he's warning that the time will come when people will realize what a vast error they made and their lives were wasted and opportunities went lost. it's worth noting that the Mechabah here is talking to people of his time who believed implicitly in the next world. Not only Jews, everyone believed in the next world. And therefore, he had an audience to whom to talk. Today, it's an entirely different story. Even the Orthodox are usually, in most cases, a blank when it comes to the next world. And many other people have to be convinced. And therefore, before you can learn the seal of it's necessary to write another book, a big preface, a very thick book, in order to convince people about the world to come. But this he didn't write. And therefore we should know that we are lacking the Hagdome, the preface, in most cases. But that's a question that each person has to worry about himself. Where will he gain the belief in the next world? Because one who does not believe in the next world will not get the next world. That's the principle. In general, a Kodish who deals with a person according to his beliefs. If a person believes in Olam Habo, then he can have a candidate over Mabo. Same with Yom Kippur. If a person believes that Yom Kippur is a day when your sins can be atoned, then if he does, sure, Yom Kippur will help. But suppose the person doesn't believe in Yom Kippur. He just knows it's a day to fast. To say, I'm sorry for my sins. But not because Yom Kippur actually atones for his sins. Then he should know Yom Kippur will not help him at all. That's the principle. Also the revival of the dead, the it says openly, the person doesn't believe in the revival for the dead, he will not be zek in the triasarmasim. So we see how vastly essential it is to gain a firm belief in these principles with the foundations. Now Vaday Shiloy Elohem ze It's certain that this will be to them. A great and eternal distress. They'll always look back forever and ever on the opportunities which this wonderful world provided for them and which they ignored and did not utilize. Now, although they had said, we're satisfied even with a backseat, as long as we'll be admitted to urban harbor we're not looking for glory, we'll take any kind of a place. He said, "Hagay lecha, you should know. It's not a savlon. This is a This tolerance that they're willing to accept a minor place in the eternal life is only pitoi kaiser. is only a persuasion of deception. They're deceiving themselves by false persuasion." Shemirfate Yisrael, that Yisrael is persuading them and deceiving them. Although, not true at all. Because once a person will think into it, then he'll see that it's vastly important to exert himself while he's still in this world to do whatever he can to excel in gaining the perfection that makes him important in the world to come. Say that inside. To repeat some words in the second line that I skipped skip on my purpose. We'll go back to that. Lehochomahem means this persuasion that they don't care for honor and they don't mind as long as they'll have any place in the world to come. even a back seat. It's only because Lehochomahem the they want to take off of them, to make light for them the burden of the obligations of pursuing the path of perfection. <laughs> the strictness of the service of Hashem, they're only doing this in order to dodge their duties, to make things easier for them. Not actually because they're satisfied to take a back seat place. You see, when in this world, when it comes to taking a seat, they're not so tolerant. When it comes to honor, to recognition, people are not so willing to yield. So why are they so willing to yield the great, future in the world to come, and they say, we'll take any kind of a place in El Mabo, it's only an excuse to dodge the difficulties, the work, of making something out of yourself. And that's the pitoy, the persuasion, the Eshara said. Eshara says take it easy, don't go overboard, don't have to make yourself worried about these things, take it easy, don't have to be malcomer, don't be so strict, take it, and be more lenient with yourself. All these things, only persuasions, and in order for a person to dodge his obligations. And therefore, when a man thinks into it, he'll recognize that it's like making money. When the opportunity comes to make money, you're not going to say, forget about it, don't worry about it. No, you try your best. It's a matter of getting glory. People go out of their way to get glory. They do the most extreme things to become famous. Once a person knows there's a chance of becoming famous, they'll do anything. So, you see that when they really understand the importance of the status in the world to come, then they certainly will do everything in their power in order to utilize this life to the extent that they're able to utilize it. Four lines down, paragraph four. Kaddish after Masil Jeshua today, the same time. No Kaddish after Ukvor, four lines down. Mm-hmm. Now he's talking about this attitude of ignoring the consequences of living without a purpose. Ukvor lohoyomokim le There wouldn't be any reason why they should persuade themselves in this manner. It means to ignore the importance of living with their purpose. Had they seen the subject according to his truth? I mean, had they spent some time to think about it, there's no question that they would see how very wrong is a life that's spent without inspection of one ways. Because they don't seek the truth and they go, and they err according to their own will, these people don't seek the truth, which means all of us. I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to myself. We, all of us, are not seeking really the truth, and we're just going in the errors of our own desires. Therefore their self-persuasion will not be removed from them, until that time when it won't help any longer that they should recognize the truth. There will come a time when it will be too late to recognize the truth. They won't have anyone in their power to remedy that's what they destroyed. Set it aside. He calls all Whatever your hand is able to do, when you have the power to do it, do it now. Because there won't be any more deeds in the world account The an opportunity to make calculations and to think out things, you won't have that in the world to come. The the ability to acquire Awareness of the great truths. You won't have that opportunity. The chokhmah and all the knowledge that you could acquire in this world, like, learning Torah, understanding the truths of the world, all these things will not be available when one goes into the next world. Bishoel in the grave, Asher where you're going. It means as follows. In the next world, people will certainly recognize the truth. But it won't be a recognition that gives them any credit. The recognition for which we earn credit is that which we do with our free will. And our free will recognition is what we try to understand while we're alive. Like we're studying the right shalom, we listen to the right counsel, we think things out according to the Torah, so that's done while we're alive with our free will and we're rewarded for it. And the world to come certainly will recognize the truth, but will recognize what we lost out and at that time, we won't be able to remedy it because there's no more free will to achieve anything. <coughs> Say that aside. <laughs> that means, <laughs> What a person does not do as long as he has a power which his creator gave him. <laughs> That's the free will power. The power of free will called That is given to him as long as he's alive. That's when he has free will. And is commanded to do. He's saying two things. When you're alive, you have free will. In the next world, there's no free will. A second is, when you're alive, you're commanded to do things. In the next world, there's no command to do. Now, the very greatest privilege is to be commanded. That's why we say to Hashem, we thank you. You commanded us. But once a man is left this world, he no longer commands. Like he said, Among the dead, there's only freedom, and that's the greatest misfortune to be free from the obligations of mistress. And therefore, these two considerations that as long as he's alive, he has the power to choose with his free will, and secondly, his mitzvah is commanded to do. So, he won't be able to do it anymore in the grave or beshoel. Now, when he said the grave and the shol, he means after death, even in the world to come. Or oh, the world to come is not merely the grave. However, in the world to come, although he'll see the truth, but he'll get no reward for seeing it. Then that power will no longer be in his hand. If somebody did not do many good deeds in his lifetime, it's impossible for him to do them afterwards. The person didn't make a calculation of his deeds in this world. He didn't make inventory or think about himself. He won't have the time to make a calculations there. And the one that did not acquire wisdom in this world, the wisdom of the Torah and the wisdom of the Sforim, many things that are told in the Sforim about understanding the way of Hashem in this world, all the forms of wisdom, he does not acquire them while he's alive. He won't acquire them, he won't gain that wisdom when he's already in the grave. That's what he says. There's no deeds anymore, no thinking anymore, and no das or knowledge anymore, and no hope, and no wisdom anymore. Be show in the grave. Where you're going? Say that inside. the bottom paragraph. Before he spoke of the approach to two classes of people in order to make them aware of the urgency of taking care or keeping their eye on their path in life and to examine their deeds, to see if they're walking in the right direction for their success. And first he spoke to the people of the superior class who look for shlemers for perfection, and we spoke about that. The true perfection can be attained only by striving to maintain a supervision over yourself and know that you're not going the wrong direction, doing the wrong things. Then he addressed himself to the Benanim. <clears throat> who may not that be so anxious, so ambitious for perfection, but everyone certainly is eager for distinction and recognition and honor and glory. And he said, don't think in the next world that you won't care for glory. On the contrary, the glory there is what really counts. And it will hurt when you see how others have outdone you, have, done, have succeeded more than you. And now he's addressing himself to the lowest class. That's us. Ach, the whole Amun, the way to stir up the minds of the multitude, that needs us, in the matter of reward and punishment itself. Because everyone is certainly interested in the reward of Gan Eden, the next world, and certainly everyone is apprehensive of the punishment for the next world. Now the truth is that even that doesn't apply today to many people because very many people have almost no awareness of the fact of the next world at all. But he was talking to a generation some 200 years ago or more. And those people believed, because the whole world, even Gentiles, believed in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the way he talks to them may not be sufficient for our people. But our people are very far remote from the idea of the next world, even a warden punishment. Well, we'll take it on his level, according to the people to whom he's addressing himself. When one sees how deep is the judgment of Hashem, how far down it goes the responsibility of a person acts. Is it fit, is it proper, to be afraid and to tremble at all times? To be afraid and tremble, who knows? whether he had not committed something that makes him lose his opportunity to enjoy the happiness in the world to come. Who can stand on the day of judgment? Who will be considered righteous in the presence of its creator? In this world, you can put up a front, you can argue, you can claim that you are good, but in the next world when you're standing before Hashem, you'll have to recognize the truth just as it's shown to you. And who can justify himself in the presence of his creator who knows everything about him? Kashir Hashkopha Surmi Jugdekes Kotna whose supervision is precise for every small thing or every big thing. And therefore, there's nothing that escapes our cottage border whose gaze. And he knows everything. And therefore, when a man thinks about that, that someday he'll stand before the Day of Judgment, before Hashem, and he's going to think, why didn't I prepare myself better beforehand? Why should I come now full of loopholes in my history, in my record? Couldn't I have taken care of that before? And I have nothing to answer, and Hashem will confront me with my deeds. Say that up to here will tell a man, what was his conversation? It means, Even a snatch of conversation between a man and his wife, which he himself forgot immediately what he had said, and they're going to relate to a man in the Day of Judgment. So all the things that a man even said, even a small conversation will be reminded, and surely more important things. So a person should know that nothing that he said or did is going to be overlooked or forgotten on the Day of Judgment. Say that inside. Another statement. It means... Even those who are close to Hashem, the good people, they shouldn't think that they are immune from criticism. May Allah on the contrary. The closer you are, the more Akhodesh Borah who requires of you. As if you were a street man who didn't know anything, he'll hold you less responsible. But if you're a Jew who goes to the synagogue, you're much more responsible. If you're a learner, you're even more responsible. Because the closer you are, the more stormy it is. It teaches that HaKodesh Baruch is precise with his pious ones, even in the breadth of a hair. The smallest amount HaKodesh Baruch will criticize them for swerving away from the right path. Set that aside. Here's an example. Examples. Avrohom. Who Avrohom who that's the Avroam who is beloved to his Creator. Ashi hiftev Oloh, that our this Baruch Hu dictated the words Avroam o'ehavi. Avroam, my beloved, he loves me. And still, lo polet min he didn't escape the judgment. It made karim shelo diktigem, because some light words that he wasn't careful. With certain words, he wasn't careful. So Hashem brought upon Avrom a very great punishment. Also, said, Hashem, how will I know that the promises that you're making me will come true? Now, he didn't have any doubts in Hashem's promises. Only he wanted to have a more confirmation in order that his children should be assured of all the good things that Hashem had foretold for them. And by saying these words, Hashem said, Avraham has committed a misdeed. By saying, how should I know? After I have told you this promise, it's a misdeed. By your life, your day you, you should know, because of these words that you said, your children will be strangers in a foreign country and will serve the Egyptians. Because you asked me about Me'ena, Therefore, your children will have to go through the slavery of Egypt. I'll sh- that's one thing. So we see, even for a remark which wasn't meant as a lack of belief in Hashem's promises, only Avram wanted to corroborate to reinforce their promise. So our Kodesh said, by saying, Avram incurred a penalty on his seed. But that's a punishment for Avram. for Avram was trying to get the best for his children. And again, is When Avraham made a covenant with the king Avimelech, the king of the Prishtim in Ghor, below without the commandment of Hashem. You go on your own, and you make a covenant with a Gentile ruler? Now to us, it seems common sense, why not? Because he wanted to say, You, said, you Abram, you're in contact with me. Such a thing. To make a contact with the Gentiles, with the idol worshippers, without consulting me, as considered a misdeed. Seven generations your children have to wait until finally they'll be redeemed. I mean, because you gave seven lambs to the king. You made a covenant with seven lambs in order to make sure that's a good covenant. said, since you made that covenant without permission from me, and your children will have to wait seven generations before they're going to be redeemed. Say that. On the day of judgment, the most surprising accusations can be expected. Because people always judge themselves charitably. And all their lives they're busy excusing themselves and glorifying themselves, and justifying themselves. They're not busy accusing themselves, not busy looking for their faults, but the time will come when someone else will tell them their faults, and it'll be most stupefying, most astounding to hear, kodesh Eshola bring forth all the things that they did in their lifetime, and that they said. So, that's why he says it's important, as long as we still have the opportunity to remedy our ways, to improve these things, before we come to the Day of Judgment, every person takes seriously this career of putting his mind on what he's doing and trying to review his acts and his deeds. Like I said, don't say Kaddish now. Don't say Kaddish now. the Tishorem is speaking about the necessity of acquiring the attitude of thinking about oneself, of keeping a surveillance on one's acts and also one's general derech in life to make sure that he's accomplishing the most that he can at first he spoke to the Shlemah Hadass, to whom Shlemahs, to find favor in the eyes of Hashem with their perfection, was the highest of all their desires. And therefore, they surely will respond to this and consider the importance of Zahiras, of awareness and circumspection and everything that he did. And then he spoke to the second class of people of the Bainanin, and he appealed to them from the basis of covet, which everybody desires so fundamentally, and it was planted in man's nature by Kodesh Baruch Hu in order to spur him on to aspire to greatness, because covet is one of the most fundamental forces in the human character, especially covered in the world to come, which is a real covered. and there, when he sees what others accomplished and he didn't, it will hurt him, because he wouldn't be able to remedy the situation. While he's alive, he can still do something about it, and therefore, he should think about what he'll regret in the Afterlife for his failure to make something out of himself that he could have achieved. And then he went on now to the Prussimahem, and that's those who are motivated mostly by Shava Enish. It was explained last time that these Pusim are also superior to us. But the Pusim in his time, all believed implicitly in Elam Haber. Whereas with us, it's necessary to give us a more convincing attitude towards Olam Haba. So that is only a tenet, a principle to which we subscribe, but we don't actually feel the question of Shalva like the Kalmanim did. In the days of Nesila Shashayim, even Gentiles believed in Shalva Enish. But that's what he says to his people, from the viewpoint of Shalva how important it is for a man to keep in mind the responsibility he has for his acts and for his of rachim. And he can never claim, I wasn't thinking, I didn't know it was wrong, because he was supposed to utilize his free will to make use of his life and his mind and keep his mind on his acts and on his ways. But by the way, I said acts and ways were the two separate I say one is his general way in life. Sometimes his general way in life is wrong. His general behavior in the way he makes a living or where he lives, and general how he spends his life, his days, that's one way. Another way is individual acts. Maybe he did some errors in individual acts. They have serious consequences. So when a person thinks about that, and is afraid of the that might come, and he wants to get the reward for virtuous behavior, so that will be a spur for the pusim. Now he goes on, Yak, we're right on, the paragraph of the end of Of the first case of, of Eden, even the greatest men were brought to account and were criticized for things. And sometimes the things are very small. Al shechora apa berach, became angry at Rachel. Sheomra she said, How about She wants children. And Ya'akov said, Why do you ask me for children? Akodesh bara, the one that gives children. So in the medrash they said, So said to That's how you answer a distressed woman. She's distressed, and therefore you should speak to her gently and try to console her. Chayecha, therefore by your life, with Your children will stand before her son, and her son will speak stern words to your children. Joseph later spoke stern words to the brothers. Now the brothers didn't know why they were sentenced to suffer at the hands of this Egyptian viceroy who accused them unjustly, and he caused them to be afraid by his, his words of suspicion. But that was actually as a result of what Yankov had done to Rochel. Yanker, although Yankov was speaking the truth, and he wanted to tell Rochel, why do you appeal to me for children? I have to speak to our God, He's the one who p- prevented from having children. It was true. And still, I called his brother who blamed him because a distressed woman should be answered in a different way. And that's why the sons of Yankeev stood before Yosef and they were distressed by Yosef's words. Another thing. When Yankeev was about to meet Asa, he we was afraid Asa might see Yankeev's daughter Dinah, might want her. So Yaakov concealed dinner in a box in a trunk. Today shall all shall not see her. Now, according to Shmuel, who said, when you concealed your daughter from your brother, a brother's permitted to marry a brother's daughter, and you denied her to your brother, then for that, according to said, I'm going to punish you. Although Yahya's intention surely was good, he didn't want to have his brother to be his son-in-law. He knew that Asa wasn't worthy to marry Dina. Nevertheless, Achlefi Shemonach wrote because he held back a kindliness from his brother. So Akkadish said to him, If somebody holds back a kindliness from his fellow man, he didn't wish to marry her to a circumcised person, to Aesop, Aesop was circumcised. Aesop was circumcised. He didn't want to marry her to a circumcised man. He needs this will be taken by an uncircumcised man. And that's why she fell a victim of Shem be He didn't want to marry her off in a permissible way, a Rehinis shall be taken in marriage in a forbidden way. Now we understand that, because Yaakov was perfectly correct when he wanted to conceal his daughter from Esau. Only it's explained as follows. When Yaakov was closing down the lid of the trunk where his daughter was being concealed from Esau, he should have done it with a sigh, with a tear. I, would, I wish that my brother was worthy. My brother was pressure uh, and proper. I would be happy to give my daughter in marriage. Unfortunately, I can't do it. Now, it's true that Yanke did think that. Yankev did shed a tear, but he should have shed two tears. He should have been more sorry. And I called his brother, held him accountable. Why weren't you sorry enough? for your brother when you are concealing your daughter from him. Now that's already a remote kind of accusation and still for people that are expected to think about themselves they're considered responsible for that too. So Yanke was to blame for not sympathizing with his brother when he had to conceal his daughter from him. So when somebody has to do something to deny a sheath let's say to an irreligious person he should feel a certain sadness for that person sympathy for that person even though he's justified in denying the sheath but he should feel a certain sadness for him now that's a very big lesson because it wouldn't occur to us we have other things to worry about and such small details wouldn't enter our mind. so he's putting this as an example that HaKodesh Barofas Meddaktik is very particular in details too. And that's why those people who want to succeed in gaining favor with Hashem and get rewards and avoid any kind of punishment that could happen to them are required to keep their mind on all their deeds and always weigh whether the thing is correct or whether it's incorrect. And sometimes the weighing has to be done with fine weights and uh, small measures. There's a very small difference sometimes between right and wrong. At the moment you think you're right, and subsequently, if you think it over, you look back, you see your words right. And this is expected of every Jew. A Jew is supposed to live with calculations, with thinking. It's called cheshbim. It's expected to keep in mind that our cottage brother, who will not accept any excuses because he did things in general. In general, it's not good enough. When you do business, you don't do business in general. Be very careful to sell your merchandise at a profit. You won't just sell it blindly without thinking. You want to know how much it costs you, and therefore how much you can sell this for. And therefore, in all your other behavior to people, you cannot deal blindly with people or with Agmithas of Hashem, everything you do has to be weighed very carefully and I told this brother who expects that kind of treatment when it comes to all forms of service of Hashem, whether Beinodam Lamotham, Ben Allah said and aside. Before we leave this, we now have to know Lampshat in the Pasa. And it says wrath was kindled, we might picture that anger was telling a shouting at rochel. doesn't mean that. He's speaking gently to her. But in his mind, in his heart, there was a certain anger. A certain impatience. But you have to understand, he didn't shout at rochel. He had impatience in him. He spoke gently to her. And he said, Am I tachas alekim? these words alone without a raised voice or an angry expression these words alone were considered improper to answer the mucas the distressed woman I'm not talking about a case where Yankee shouted it's important to know that and still it was criticized because the words alone were not considered the right way to answer he should have consoled her he should have said, I'm better to you than children, like El Conner said to his wife, I'm better to you than many children, some other thing, could have said, well, I shall have children maybe someday. And therefore, I called this brother who blamed Yankiv mostly for his emotions and not for actually that he became excited and he uh, hurt her feelings. Let's understand that, is quoting examples of great men who, despite their exceptional righteousness, were severely criticized for some small error that they made. And the purpose of this is to let us know that people cannot ignore small things, because when it deals with the service of Hashem, nothing is unimportant. And it requires circumspection, thinking about oneself in order not to make these errors which someday will be held against us. Now, Yosef, when he said to the Amash, after he told him what his dream meant, you should remember me with your needs when you go free, and you will be restored to the favor of power, keep me in mind, and endeavor to set me free from prison." Now that seems to us something that should be said, because a person not only is justified in trying to save himself, but is obligated to take action to gain his release from prison. But because of that in his toast very low station, two years were added that he should remain longer in prison. that's all. So we see, because he put his trust in the human being, therefore I called his brother who considered that a misdeed. And he caused him to remain two years longer. Now the truth is that Jesus should have asked for that. Any way that he could have discovered to go out of prison, even if he could have gone out of prison by climbing out by a rope, he should have done so. So the Sarah Master is not worse than a rope. But it was a matter of the subconscious. In his subconscious mind, there was a small amount of reliance on him. You have to do what you have to do. But you must know that only Akhodesh Baruch is the one that prospered your efforts. Like the farmer who has to plow and he has to bring up a crop of grain, he has to reap the grain, he has to grind it, he has to make bread out of it. But even after everything is over... He says, You Hashem or Mouti you did everything for me. So even though your efforts must be expended for your benefit, now who said you must do that. Nevertheless, we have to keep our minds clear of reliance on what we do ourselves or what others do for us. And here he relied on what the Sahamasking would do for him, and therefore he was given a two-year extension of his prison sentence. That's to show that even smallest things people held accountable. al-shekhonat He embalms his father without permission from Avisham. they embalm Yankiv, according to Yosef's instructions. And some say that his misdeed was this. The Fischer Shoma, he heard when the brother said, Our father, your servant, and he was silent. Now, he didn't want to reveal his identity. And certainly it wasn't easy to correct them. The Mishnah and should say, Don't say your servant when you talk about your father. And still... There was some kind of a blame there. Now this is such a small blame that you really need a magnifying glass to see it. And still he was blamed for that too. The Malkin Islay, the Malkin easily. the two different opinions. Now, it could be, the second opinion holds, Yosef couldn't help himself, he had to be silent. But he should have been very much distressed when he heard it. No part of this lecture may be reproduced in any form even for personal use.